0: Welcome back to episode number four of Tailgate Till May. I'm Stephen Gorgie, and I'm your host, and I cannot wait to dive into yet another super fun week of college football, but first a reminder to subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you like the show, if you like what I'm doing here, I'd love if you subscribe, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, and tell a friend about the show. Uh, another reminder, you can also follow me on Twitter at Gorgon Sports. if you want to get my thoughts on the whole world of college sports outside of just this podcast that's the best place to find me. I also add some of my late week gambling picks there, so every play that I'm making for each college football weekend is posted on Twitter. so if there's something I add after the show, you can find it there uh so enough with the business part of the show let's dive in to week three and Week three of this college football season, the only conclusion that I can come to is that this season is a more open one than we've seen in a long time. That's what my eyes are telling me. That's what your eyes are telling you watching these games. Look, I mean, we had Florida was a missed extra point, essentially, from going to overtime with Bama. They missed that extra point earlier in the game. They had to go for two late in the game. They didn't get it. You can debate the play call, but all things considered, Florida gave Bama everything they could handle, and that was not what a lot of folks expected. It was a 15-and-a-half-point spread. You had Nebraska taking Oklahoma down to the wire. Oklahoma was a three-touchdown favorite in that game. They only scored 23 points, and they slipped out of that stadium with a seven-point win. Ohio State, they already have a loss to Oregon. They were in a 13-6 game with Tulsa at halftime. Clemson also already has a loss. And they had to escape Georgia Tech 14-8 in a game where they were four touchdown favorites. Look, all we've heard since the college football playoff was implemented or since the first couple years of the college football playoff is it's boring. It's the same teams over and over again. We need to see something new. And you know what? It's not wrong. We've had seven years of the college football playoff. Alabama's made it six times. Clemson's made it six times. Ohio State and Oklahoma have each made it four times. The only other team that has multiple appearances is Notre Dame at two. So, by and large, those four teams Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma they are dominating the sport. They've made it really boring. But I think this year there is more parity between those teams than we've seen in a long time. And there is more parity between those teams and the rest of the field than we've seen in a long time. If you step outside of just those top five, those top four or five, you know, when we look at the G5 versus P5 matchups happening right now, BYU is now 3-0 and against the Pac-12. San Diego State is also 2-0 against the Pac-12. Fresno State beat UCLA, previously undefeated UCLA, over the weekend. The UCLA team that also beat LSU, so... Transitive property, where would Fresno State finish in the SEC? I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding, everybody. Nobody at me with that. But in all seriousness, Memphis went and beat Mississippi State. Now, there was some questionable officiating in that game, but Memphis did win the game, and they have one of my favorite players in the country, Calvin Austin III, unbelievably fun wide receiver. He is at over 18 yards per reception right now. Fun team to watch. I'm keeping an eye on them all year from the Mac Western Michigan went and beat Pitt and then Cincinnati, who is the better team who was favored against Indiana. They went on the road and despite kind of sleepwalking through some of that game, they ended up beating Indiana on the road by two touchdowns. So just a really good week for the group of five, a really good start to the season for the group of five and Like I said, my eyes are telling me that we have more parity than we've seen in a while. Your eyes are probably telling you that as well. And the stats actually back it up, too. You know I love to use SP Plus on this show. That's Bill Connolly of ESPN's predictive analytics stat that he created. Essentially, it's a measure of efficiency, and that efficiency can be used uh, to essentially predict future results so if we look at S P plot that at the sp plus rankings from the start of the season or the ratings from the start of the season we had much like the human polls alabama at number one clemson at number two oklahoma at number three and ohio state at number four now every one of those top four teams those teams that have dominated the college ball landscape over the past four years the teams that have combined for 20 out of a 28 possible college football playoff appearances, although strangely enough, that exact combo has never made the playoffs together, which is a interesting little tidbit. Each of those four teams is now rated lower in SP plus than they were to start the season. Now, when I say rated lower, what I mean is their raw SP plus rating is lower than it was to start the season. So Alabama is still ranked number one in SP plus, but their rating is down by 4.5 points. And the way you can kind of think about that is they are essentially four and a half points worse than they were to start the season. So let's put that in context. Let's use an example. And to use an example, let's use a team that's, whose rating has changed very little since the beginning of the season. And, and Penn State's a good example of that. To start the year they had a rating of 21.5, they are a tw- 21.2 rather, they now have a rating of 21.5. So they've gone up by 0.3 points whereas Alabama has gone down by 4.5 points. So to start the year, Alabama would have been a 10.2 point favorite over Penn State. They were 10.2 points better than them. Now today, they are only seen by SP+ plus as six points better than Penn State. And that's because, in large part, Alabama has come down, not because Penn State has gone up. So that just gives you some context on what it means that their rating has dropped by four and a half points. And this doesn't just apply to Alabama. Clemson started the year number two in SP plus is now number five, but their rating is down by five points. Oklahoma is still number three, but their ratings down 2.6 points. Ohio State is still number four, but their ratings also down by 2.6 points. So every one of those four dominant teams that we've come to expect to be in the playoff year in and year out, all of them are now seen as worse by the advanced analytics as opposed to beginning of the year. And this is backing up exactly what your eyes are telling you. To end last year, Alabama was rated seven point four points better than number two Ohio State. That means at the end of the year, on a neutral field, Alabama would have been a seven and a half point, or about a seven and a half point or more, favorite according to S and P Plus, S P Plus over any team in the country. As we sit here today talking, SP Plus now sees Bama as just 0.6 points better than number two Georgia. That game is a pick'em on a neutral field, and we very well may get that game on a neutral field in Atlanta in the SEC Championship game in December. So that's the difference that we're talking about now when you look at last year and how far apart things were last year and how things have tightened up this year at the top beyond that even things have tightened up from those dominant teams to more of the the middle of the pack top 20 type teams clemson now sits at number five in sp plus there are 10 teams immediately below clemson that they could play where they'd be favored by seven or less a touchdown or less on a neutral field. Michigan, Penn State, Florida, Texas A&M, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Cincinnati, Iowa State, and Oregon. Things are tight. Things are tightening up this year. I know what we saw last weekend. We saw a lot of close games. We saw a lot of weird results. We saw G5 teams beating P5 teams. We saw the top of the country struggling and I think we're only going to see more of that throughout the season. And you know what? I think that's a really, really good thing for college football. Even if those four dominant teams figure it out, it's a lot more interesting for them to trying to be figure, figuring it out throughout the year and eventually getting it together where they're playing some close games, they're playing some weird ones, they got to escape here, they got to escape there. That's why we love college football. But even if they figure it out, it's a lot better than them just being machines rolling towards an inevitable playoff. Because I think over the past couple years, that's what we've really felt, or at least I can speak for myself, I felt with the regular season. You would never say college football has a boring regular season, but it's kind of become that way. And I am pumped that right now it looks like we have a lot to look forward to. There's not going to be a boring regular season. Alabama just gave up nearly six yards per carry to Florida. Do you want to go see Truckwest Hunter and Tank Bigsby of Auburn run on that defense in the Iron Bowl? I sure do. Do you want to see now Heisman front runner, according to the gambling odds, Matt Corral, take on Alabama? I definitely do. Florida. Let's look at Florida. They gave Alabama everything they wanted. Do you want to go see them play Georgia at the cocktail party? Yeah, definitely. This is what college football is all about, and it feels like we are back to a little bit more of a state of chaos. Now, it could be temporary. It could just last this year. But you know what? That is a good thing for this year, and I'm going to enjoy every last second of it. So I just spent the first 10 minutes of the show talking about how we're in an increased state of chaos. And you know, the way my brain works, when I start thinking about this increased variability, this state of chaos that we're in, I start thinking, is there maybe an opportunity here from a gambling perspective? And I think there is. I think there that is something that we need to incorporate when you're handicapping the slate each week just how closely bunched these teams are together. I think in general, if I see a home dog, you know, that's a seven and a half point dog, 10 and a half point dog, 14 and a half point dog. I'm going to take a really close look at that team, especially if it's grouped in with this group of, I don't know, 20 teams, top 20 teams that doesn't seem to have so much separation or teams 20 through 40 that don't seem to have so much separation. I'm really going to have to take a look at those teams. But I'm also thinking about it a little bit from a futures perspective. So I don't always get into the the futures markets, but I I thought there was a few good opportunities here. So I focused my attention on the Big 12 for a couple reasons. One, I thought the Big 12 would be a great spot to find some really long shot value because so many of those teams are so close together. So I thought I could potentially find a team there that has some real value, a pretty big long shot, but isn't much different than some of the other teams kind of directly in front of them who uh, might, might have a little lower odds. The second reason is Oklahoma's offense has been really concerning to start the season. We are used to seeing Oklahoma do whatever they want on offense. And so far this year, they they haven't looked the same. They're middle of the pack nationally in yards per play. They're 42nd in yards per play to start this season. And they're 70th in yards per pass attempt to start this season. And we have to remember that as good as Oklahoma's offense has been over the years, That's in large part because their last three quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts, are all currently NFL starting quarterbacks. They've had a lot of talent at that position. And although Spencer Rattler was the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman entering this season, maybe he's just not there yet at the same level as those three. So I I think there is a chance that Oklahoma maybe takes a slight step back offensively. I mean, that's what we've seen so far, and it would be more than understandable if this Oklahoma offense isn't the same offense that we've seen with those previous three quarterbacks who are all now starting in the NFL. So that's why I decided to focus on the Big 12, and what I came up with was, two bets, two plays that I'm investing in. First, TCU at 16 to 1 to win the conference. Uh, TCU's defense under Gary Patterson has always been solid. You kind of always know what you're getting with a Gary Patterson defense, and now it seems like the offense might be turning the corner towards at least something respectable. Their offense is now in the top 50 according to SP plus Max Duggan looks like he's taken a little bit of a step forward uh, year over year. That's their quarterback, Max Duggan, and they put up 34 points against a Cal defense. That's really pretty good Cal, much like TCU. Their problem has never been on the defensive side of the ball the past couple years. It's been offensively, but Uh, They put up a nice 34 points against Cal, so I think TCU is a team that's that's worth a shot. The other play I made is much more of a long shot, and that's Kansas State at 60 to one to win the conference. And it's you know you'll probably laugh if you listen to last week's episode because I said I was going to go under in the Kansas State Nevada game. Because Kansas State's starting quarterback Skylar Thompson was out, they were going to play Will Howard, who struggled at often last year when he was leading that offense. When when Thompson was also hurt last year, and I didn't have a lot of confidence in them to really score with without Thompson. Well, they went out there last week and they beat Nevada, a good Nevada team, thirty eight to seventeen, and it turns out at least based on that game that even without Thompson Kansas State can still run the football they have they had 269 rushing yards on 5.6 yards per carry and Howard himself had two rushing touchdowns so uh maybe just maybe they are going to be okay without skylar thompson now we still need to see howard throw the ball a little bit better but i mean there's a reason that they're they're 60 to 1 so you're not getting a, a perfect team at 60 to 1 by any means but with their ability kansas state's ability to run the ball and control the clock i think they're an interesting play they're a team that's actually beaten oklahoma each of the last two years. So clearly they have some confidence when playing Oklahoma. And I really like how their schedule shakes out. They have Oklahoma and Iowa state at home. So it's an interesting schedule. It's an interesting team. They, they bring some different things to the table than, than the rest of the big 12. So I think at 60 to one, Kansas state was certainly worth a shot to, to win the Big 12. And that's what you're looking for here. You're looking for some value. You're looking for a team that that nobody sees coming and might just sneak up and, and win something here. So I put a quarter unit on each of those teams to win the Big 12. So that's what I'm looking at from a futures perspective. I'm going to continue to keep an eye on some of those futures. There's nothing else I was loving right now, but I thought those two were worth a play. All right, now let's move on to week four. Like last week, I'm going to incorporate my bets into the overview of the week four slate. So a uh, quick recap of how we did last week with the bets. It was a really good week. It was a nice bounce-back week after a tough week, too. With the picks that I gave out on the show, I went 6-3, and three, uh, plus 11.05 units, in large part thanks to the Memphis, BYU, and Michigan State Money Line Parlay. That was half a unit to win 8.25 units. That hit, and then the other big bet, Cincinnati minus three, uh, was a two-unit bet that won. So those two plays really dro- drove the winnings there. Uh, in total, last week, if you include some of my late plays that I posted on Twitter, uh, that would be West Virginia minus two, which was a winner, Wake Forest minus four and a half, which was a winner, and Clemson minus 27 and a half, which was a loser. I was eight and four uh, and plus 11.95 units. So a really nice bounce back week after a tough week, too. On the year 17 and 12. Plus 12.29 units. So looking to keep that rolling. As a reminder, I will add some picks. Uh, oftentimes, I'll add some picks later in the week as I, I continue to to analyze the card and as the lines change a bit. So follow me on Twitter at Gorgon Sports. I post all my updated picks on Twitter as I make them, so you can see my full card there. Um, with whatever I may add after the show. So looking to keep that rolling as we head into week four. Uh, Just looking at the the week four slate in general, it's not the sexiest slate in the world. We don't have that prime marquee matchup. And I feel like this often happens around week three or four when we're kind of making that transition from non-conference play into conference play you got a handful of conference games but we're kind of done with those real marquee out of conference matchups so it is what it is it's still college football and the way this season's gone it wouldn't shock me at all if I'm sitting here next week saying that this was an unbelievable week and all these things that we never thought would happen happened so without further ado let's jump right into the slate Let's start on Thursday night. Really fun group of five matchup here. Uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. Marshall goes to Appalachian State. I thought this one would have a little bit more juice. Marshall had a big loss to East Carolina last week. They were about a 10-point favorite. I gave Marshall out as as one of my plays, and they actually ended up losing that game outright. So uh, this matchup loses a little bit of its luster, but Marshall still has a really good defense. Appalachian State is right there with Louisiana and Coastal Carolina when you think about those Sun Belt favorites. And like I've been saying all year, teams that could potentially uh, take that group of five New Year's six bid. So I think this will be a real fun group of five game. On Friday night, 7 p.m., ESPN two. wake forest travels to Charlottesville to take on Virginia. These are two programs that I feel like are very similar in a lot of ways and where they stand in the ACC. And I think I'm going to say this a lot today, but this seems like a pecking order game. They are on opposite sides of the conference. They're in different divisions, but when you're trying to build a program and, and take a program to the, that next step, you have to win these games against your peers. And Wake and UVA are very much peer programs who are trying to get out of that middle of the ACC. So uh, this could be a this will be an interesting one on on Friday night to see who can establish themselves uh, in the ACC. Moving on to the main day, Saturday. So in the noon time slot. I guess kind of by default, since it is a ranked versus ranked matchup, I'm going to have number 12 Notre Dame versus number 18 Wisconsin on TV1. That game's on Fox, and it's at at Soldier Field in Chicago, but I, I can't honestly say that I'm looking forward to this game. It's in Chicago, where I live, I was offered tickets to the game, and I decided that I'd rather pass, and in large part, I'm just not excited about seeing two Wisconsin quarterbacks go head to head. Uh Notre Dame starting quarterback Jack Cohn is former Wisconsin starting quarterback. And you know, if you know anything about Wisconsin quarterbacks, you know that when you talk about Wisconsin, you're usually not talking about the quarterbacks. And this year's really no different. Jack Cone for Notre Dame ranks 73rd in ESPN's QBR. Graham Mertz ranks 111th wisconsin did in the opener if they moved the ball a little bit against penn state but they just had terrible terrible self-inflicted wounds that uh limited their ability to score so i don't love either of these offenses um i like wisconsin's defense a little bit better than notre dame's and You know, I'm not super interested in watching this game, but it is a ranked-versus-ranked matchup. So I guess that has to go on TV1. On TV2, another pecking order game here, but this time in the SEC West. So TV2 for me is going to be LSU at Mississippi State on ESPN. And this is actually going to be these two games that are on TV1 and 2 for me are actually going to be part of my first bet of the day. They're gonna be a tease. It's gonna be a teaser with Mississippi State plus ten and a half, and Wisconsin minus two and a half. You can get minus one ten odds on that. Um, so, you know if you if you use a book, uh, the book that I use enables you to choose your own choose your own lines and then parlay to the parlay them together, which essentially acts as a teaser. So that's what I'm going with here. Mississippi state plus 10 and Wisconsin minus two and a half as a parlay. Uh, the reason I'm going with this is like I said, I just trust Wisconsin's D more. I like Wisconsin's D more than Notre Dame's. I don't like either of their offenses. Uh, so, and Notre Dame's just been, Notre Dame has been on edge all season. Look, Florida State is a really, really bad team. And, and we saw that game in week one that we thought actually might be Florida State showing, showing a little something. But as it turns out, Florida State is not very good. Um, I think Notre has been on the edge all year. So I'm going to go with that Wisconsin minus two and a half. And then Mississippi State plus ten and a half. I just think that Mississippi State's, Mississippi State has a good defense. You know, it's not often you can say this about a, a Mike Leach team, but I think this defense, this Mississippi State defense, is better than their offense right now. They had a really weird game against Memphis last week. I, I walked away from that game feeling like Memphis and Mississippi State were about on equal footing. Uh, there was a a weird call in that game where Mississippi State essentially down the ball on on the punt the ref one of the officials was waving his hands like the ball was dead calvin austin of memphis uh, scooped that ball up and took it to the house i mentioned calvin austin before i love him he's a great player he's fun fun to watch but that play definitely was controversial uh and then not to mention the fact that there were two number fours on the field for memphis including calvin austin so, and and that should have been a penalty and that never, that touchdown never should have counted. So Mississippi state easily could have won that game. I think they have a good defense. I think LSU's offensive line is questionable right now and their whole Offensive is is questionable, so uh, the the spread is LSU minus 2.5. If it was 3.5, I would have just taken Mississippi State plus 3.5, but uh, I really want to get over that three points, and uh, I thought I'd get it all the way up to that 10.5. So that's my play there, teasing Mississippi State plus 10.5, Wisconsin minus 2.5, and and that is minus 110. Uh, Some other games to keep an eye on here. Are SMU at, at TCU on Fox Sports One? I mentioned that I think TCU might have a little bit of something on, on offense here, so it'll be interesting to see that game against SMU. Uh, that could turn it, you know, SM, SMU is always strong on offense. TCU will need to score to win that game, so we'll see what they have there. And then Missouri traveling to Boston College on ESPN2. Uh, Not as interesting as it may have been because Boston College is without their quarterback, Phil Jarkovic. So takes a little bit of the luster off of this game, but that's a matchup that we don't usually see. So might check that one out to see what, what BC looks like without their starting quarterback and how Mizzou is continuing to progress. Moving on to the 3.30 time slot on TV1. This is, in my opinion, the biggest game of the day. Number 7 Texas A&M taken on number 16 Arkansas at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, better known as Jerry's World. That game is on CBS. This one is yet another pecking order game, but this time in the SEC West. Texas A&M has big goals this season. Texas A&M has goals and expectations of a college football playoff. But they got to figure out now with with Zach Calzada at quarterback while they're missing Haynes King, are they a team that can actually compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world? Or are they going to be more middle of the pack in the SEC West? And it all starts with this game against Arkansas. Arkansas is a good team, as we saw a couple weeks ago against Texas. And this is going to be a real challenge for Texas A&M but if they want to achieve the things that they think they can achieve this year, it starts right now. And if they can't win this game, then they might be fighting with LSU and Mississippi state and Arkansas rather than Alabama and Georgia. So, uh, this one's going to be fun to watch. I expect it to be close. And if Arkansas can get this one done, I mean, Arkansas beating A&M in Texas in the span of three weeks, I don't think the, the start to the Sam Pittman era could have gone much better with the way he got them to play last year and the start he's off to this year. So this will be the TV one game for me. On TV two, I'm going to go with Iowa State, number 14 Iowa State, traveling to Waco to take on the Baylor Bears. That game's on Fox. I talked about the Big 12 a little bit earlier. The team that I didn't mention is the team that most people think have the ability to take down the Sooners, if anybody is going to take down the Sooners, and that's Iowa State. So they are going to go on the road. This is their first test after dropping that game to Iowa, and it's a conference road game. So I am actually going to take Baylor plus the seven points here i think iowa state's the better team but it's like we talked about earlier with all these teams clumped in groups so closely together if i can get a team at a touchdown or more uh if if for a conference game at home i'm gonna go ahead and take it so give me baylor plus the seven points here other games i'm gonna keep an eye on in this time slot uh we have In a group of five matchup, UTSA at Memphis on ESPNU. If you like a lot of points, this is going to be one for you. So just keep an eye on that one for the fun factor. And then my other bet at this time slot is going to be over 47 points in the Clemson at NC State game. Look, Clemson's offense has not looked good so far to start this year, but I'm willing to give them a little bit of a pass for that Georgia game. That Georgia defense is just unbelievable. I don't think there are many, if any, teams in the country who would look very good against that Georgia defense. So I'm willing to give them a pass for that one. And then last week against Georgia Tech, they didn't look good again, but that game had a massive weather delay, and it was seemingly on. Forever, Every time I, I flipped over to it and tried to check it out, it was in a weather delay. Um, And it, that's just a long day, a weird environment. So I, I'm kind of willing to give Clemson a pass there as well. Look, we know what quarterback DJ Weangalele can do. We saw him come in last year in relief of Trevor Lawrence and perform. We know he was an extraordinarily highly touted recruit coming out of high school we know he has all the talent that you could ask for so i think it's a matter of when not if that he puts it all together this year and uh we we see that clemson offense round into form nc state has a good defense don't don't get me wrong but uh, I just think that number is really low. 47 is a, a very low number. So I'll, I'll put my money on, on Clemson to bounce back their offense to get in gear a little bit. And, you know, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, I still do like Devin Leary and NC State's offense. Uh, They did not perform against Mississippi State, but I, I still do like Devin Leary. So give me the over in that game, over 47. Moving on to the night slate. On TV one, I am going to have West Virginia traveling to Norman to take on number four, Oklahoma, and that game's on ABC at 7.30 Eastern time. Uh, We know Oklahoma has struggled this year. West Virginia got a really big win at home in a border rival game versus uh, Virginia Tech last week. They have a strong defense. We know Oklahoma's offense hasn't performed up to par, so I definitely want to check this one out and see how Spencer Rattler and the Oklahoma offense is able to bounce back, or if they're able to bounce back against this West Virginia defense. They're at home in Norman, so I'm not super concerned that that Oklahoma's going to go down here, but I think it should be a, a good test for them. On TV, too, I'm going to go with another Big 12 game. Number 25, Kansas State at Oklahoma State. That game's at on ESPN+. Plus. And I'm going to bet this game as well. I'm betting Kansas State plus 7. That shouldn't be a surprise if you listen to what I said uh, about them potentially winning the Big 12 and, on that 60-1 to 1 bet. So I really like the way they run the ball. I like the way they're able to control the clock. Uh, I think that these are very closely... I think there's this group in the Big 12 that is very close closely matched and I really don't think that they should be getting a full touchdown. So give me, give me the seven points with Kansas state in that time slot. Other games. I might keep an eye on here. Uh, Number 21, North Carolina traveling to Atlanta to take on Georgia tech that game, 7 30 PM Eastern time on ACC network, Georgia tech kept it close with Clemson in a really weird game last week. North Carolina is the team that coming into the year everybody thought could potentially compete with Clemson that all went out the window when they lost week, week one to Virginia tech, but they still to me are the team in the ACC with the best shot to, to take down Clemson. If, if anybody can do it. So, um, I think this is a little bit of a, Uh, a measuring stick game for Georgia tech to see, okay, they put together a, a nice effort against Clemson. Can they come back and put together another good effort against, against North Carolina? And then for North Carolina, it's just continuing to kind of repair what they lost when they lost that week one game to georgia tech they had a a nice offensive output against virginia last week um so we'll see if they can keep that rolling here and then 8 p.m eastern time indiana's going on the road to western kentucky that game's on cbs sports network i just really like when power five teams go on the road to group of five teams uh so i'll it's usually a a ruckus environment. It means a lot to the, the group of five team. It means a lot to their fan base. So uh, I will check out that one out uh, off and on. And Indiana really needs a win. Indiana's off to a rough start to the year. They were a top 25 team coming into this year. They were blown out by Iowa in week one. And then they lost that game to Cincinnati last week. So they could really use a win here. The other game I'm betting in the night slot is is 6 p.m. Eastern time, Stanford plus four and a half versus UCLA. I think Stanford has been a completely different team since they made the quarterback change. Um, Tanner McKee is number four in the country in QBR. And much like the big 12, I think that there's a lot of teams in the Pac-12 that are closely grouped and when in doubt, I'll take the points. So Stanford plus four and a half there. Then late night, two Pac-12 games that I'll keep an eye on. 8.30 p.m., Cal at Washington. That's going to be a defensive battle. And TV2, 10.30 p.m., Oregon State at USC. That one should, should have a decent amount of points for you, and that game's on FS1. So to recap uh, the bets for this week, At noon, I'm going to do parlay with Mississippi State plus 10.5 and Wisconsin minus 2.5 at minus 110. At 3.30, Clemson at NC State over 47 points total. Uh, Baylor plus 7 versus Iowa State in the night slot. uh, Stanford plus 4.5 versus UCLA. And Kansas State plus 7 at Oklahoma State. That's our show for the week. Enjoy the games this week, everybody, and I will talk to you all next week.